Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Thursday, February 17th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss the final slate before the All-Star Game break. It's a five-gamer, and it's a staggered start throughout the, the, the evening, 7, 7.30, 8, 8.30, and then a late-night hammer game, uh, 10.30 game uh, on the docket. So we have a really interesting uh, card here, 10 teams, good size. Uh, I think we've got some good value. We've got some great payup plays. So very excited to dive into this uh, this this slate here. Then uh, Saturday, I'll be back to do a podcast for the Sunday All-Star Game. There are some uh, nice contests on the sites uh, for the All-Star Game. So we'll have that out on Saturday. So you have plenty of time to uh, lock that in for the Sunday game. And then uh, we've got a few days off before we're uh, diving back in. We'll have a super busy schedule uh, throughout. We've got a PGA Golf going. Uh, they just teed off here a few minutes ago for the tournament. Uh, we'll have a PGA weekend lineup uh, tomorrow night. So that'll be something to look forward to here for our members. Uh, and then, of course, hopefully uh, baseball gets settled. That'll be right around the corner. So we've got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, we've got some good podcast schedule coming up here next week. We're uh, going to collab again with uh, Gundacker, do a few live streams. Um, we're setting up our uh, trip also in July that is going to be on our uh, in Discord for our members. It's a members-only trip to uh, the NBA Summer League, July 8th, 9th, and 10th in Vegas. So that's going to be a blast. So we got all kinds of stuff going on. All right, you're here to, to get the info on these five games, and let's get right after it. First game of the night, it's 7 o'clock game. It is Miami Heat at the Charlotte Hornets. Miami is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a 225-and-a-half total, uh, which is the second highest on the slate. 115 implied for Miami, 110-and-a-half uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Miami comes in 37-and-21. Charlotte is 29-and-30. Uh Injury designations, it's an important one. Jimmy Butler, questionable, so we're going to need that news for sure. Uh, also, Caleb Martin is questionable. He may return. So, again, an important piece there. Uh, Udonis Haslam, not an important piece. The guys that are out, Deadman, Hero, Morris, and Oladipo. For Charlotte, they have three guys that are uh, still out. Hayward, Cody Martin, and Jalen McDaniels. And so it's the Martin twins against each other. And I, I read something the other day that's amazing to me. So Caleb Martin plays for Miami off the bench. Cody Martin plays for Charlotte off the bench. Do you know they've both been out with left Achilles soreness? How weird is that? I just That blows my mind. You know, that twin thing is, is wild. But uh, we'll see. <clears throat> We know for sure, though, that Cody's out, uh, but Caleb may play on the other side of the ball. So, uh, and they're so identical; it's it's uh, it's pretty funny. All right, so that game. It's uh, let's look at the statistical aspect of that game. Miami's second slowest team in the league; they're 29th. 
Charlotte, the second fastest team in the league. So for the Heat players that are in there, massive pace up. You got to love that. We know Charlotte doesn't defend very well. They're 22nd. Uh, however, Miami does. They're sixth. So everything really points to, you know, good matchup for Miami DFS-wise. Not a great matchup for Charlotte DFS-wise. But you do have a very fair 225.5 total uh, that's certainly worth considering. So once we get the Butler news, that gives us an idea of what we want to do. If he's in, certainly playable. He generally plays his allotment of minutes when he does play. So he is a playable uh, piece at 8-8, which is very fair. Um, Bam's been on a roll. He's 8-4 and playable. Of course, if Butler happens to sit, it uh, really elevates guys like Kyle Lowry, who's only 6-6. His prices stayed pretty low. Uh, Duncan Robinson, more of a GPP play at 4K, same as P.J. Tucker at 3-5. But if Butler sits, then you got to start looking or thinking about Max Struess at 3-3, Gabe Vincent at 3-9, or if Caleb Martin plays, probably on restrictions, more than likely won't go there, but he'd be 3-1. Uh, it seems like Yurt Saban is starting to get a few minutes here and there, something to keep an eye on, but not enough uh, for me to uh, dial him up. On the Charlotte side, we know LaMelo's been on quite a roll. He's 9-4, though. Big commitment, pay up there for such a slow-paced game. Not as crazy about that. Rogier's price has also gone up at 8-2. Miles Bridge is pretty expensive as well at 7-9. Uh, the guys you can consider on the cheap, you know, P.J. Washington's only 4-9. Kelly Oubre's 5-9. Those, those guys have both been getting good minutes, whether they start or come off the bench, and that could flip-flop either way. And then you've got that split at center, which makes it tough, but they're both doing a good job. Uh, Plumlee 5-6 and Montrez at 5-3. So not as cut and dry for me on the Charlotte side, more than likely going to have some heat exposure here, uh, and that's about it. All right, game two. By the way, those first two teams are on an island uh, there, so obviously nobody's on the first night of a back-to-back, -back, but we do have three teams on the second night of a back-to-back, -back. and I bring that up now because these two teams that play at 7.30 both played last night. It's the Washington Wizards at the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn's favored by 4.5. It's a 216.5 total. 106 implied for Washington and 110 and a half for the Brooklyn Nets, who finally got off the schneid after losing 11 in a row and did get a hard-fought win last night. Coming into this game, Washington's 26 and 31. Brooklyn is 31 and 27. Questionable tags for Washington, and they're very both very important. Daniel Gafford and Rui Hashimura, that is important news to have because it affects that rotation big time. And guess what? Kristaps Porzingis is out. Isn't that shocking? He never misses games. Never. And as a Mavs fan, wow, it's I do miss that giant, lanky 7-3 dude sitting on the bench in street clothes uh, watching the game. It's, it's a rough one. So Wizards fans, enjoy Mr. Tissue Paper Porzingis. Sorry, just a little, a little raw, a little bitter. Um, anyway, on the Brooklyn side, we've got guys that are out, obviously, Durant, Harris, Irving, Simmons, and, you know, no Irving because it's a home game. 
<clears throat> so a little bit tougher uh, task here from Brooklyn, especially after uh, the big game from last night. So statistically speaking here, again, both on the back-to-back, -back, Washington 23rd in pace, Brooklyn 11. Washington's also 23rd in defense, Brooklyn 17th. So not great defenses. 216.5 isn't a great over-under by any stretch. Uh, it is the second lowest on the slate, uh, but both defenses are not very adept, that's for sure. So where can we go here? You know, you're getting a bit of a, a for Washington, you're getting a bit of a split at point between Neto and Smith. Neto keeps getting to his number, but I'm not going to fall for that because I know <clears throat> as soon as I roster him, Ish Smith will have the bigger game and I don't need that aggravation. Uh, the tough part is, you know, are those guys going to be in or not? You know, is Hashimura going to play? Um, you know, that's important is, you know, is Gafford going to play? That's important because right now it's been a Thomas Bryant, uh, you know, starting and, and, and playing decently, but still having somewhat of a cap for minutes. You're getting a lot of solid games in a row now for Denny Avdia. Denny is only four or five and, you know, we got to start really considering putting him in some lineups. I did use him yesterday and he, he did just fine. Uh, at, at low ownership. So Corey Kispert also at 4-3 has been decent. But the guy to talk about here is, is the one big mistake I did make last night. And I cashed in all three sites. It was a good night, but it could have been a great night as I just didn't pull the trigger on 9K Kyle Kuzma. And man, uh, you know, I liked him. I thought he would do well, but he smashed it. I mean, tons of rebounds. Makes perfect sense. Uh, to go back to him here, it really does. But I do want to know, you know, the if those other two guys are playing because Rui's been playing some five when he plays. He didn't play last night, so he grabbed some rebounds. Gafford also hits the glass, so I do like Kuzma again. I should say, you know, I want to play him this time, uh, but I want to see how the other stuff shakes out there. But it's undeniably really become his team offensively all the way around, you know, since the trade with Dinwiddie leaving. All right. For Brooklyn, um, you know, I, I said it yesterday. I say it again today. I'm not sure what the deal is with Patty Mills. He's not the same guy that he was uh, the last like two, three weeks. He's just been slumped. So I know that five, one price tag is extremely uh, you know, it, it's alluring. You want to say 5-1 for a guy that should play good minutes, no Kyrie. But man, I just, I can't, I can't go there. I much would rather go with Seth Curry at 5-5. He's showing that he's going to make a difference in Brooklyn and be a good piece uh, once they get things together. So he's in play for me. Bruce Brown's a hard guy to figure. He played a lot of minutes, had a good game yesterday, and he's only 4-5. So how can you not put him, uh, in, you know, in the mix? And his counterpart on the other side, KCP, I forgot to mention, he's only 4-4. He only had 27 real points yesterday. So you got to, you know, possibly look at those two guys. But if they guard each other, that, you know, sort of counter the Spider-Man, Spider-Man deal. We talk about that all the time. But uh, KCP and Bruce Brown certainly fall into that uh, definite soup there. James Johnson at 3-6 started yesterday alongside of Drummond. Drummond's only 6K. He had 19 rebounds. 
that dude rolls out of bed and the, the ball falls in his lap. I mean, he's he's a rebound machine. How much is he going to play on the second night of a back-to-back? Are there any, you know, is there a concern there? I think Drummond at 6K is is tough. I mean, I really do. His his rebounding prowess, and he can score the ball. Washington has poor interior defense, especially if Gafford doesn't play. Uh Johnson, you know, possibly he's going to be in there to try to bully Kuzma around. I mean, you can think of him a bit. So there's tons of value in this game. And that's the bottom line that what allows you to pay up in the other four games, you can roster up literally up to three of these guys between Washington and Brooklyn with five or sub 5k prices and expect 30 minutes from a lot of these guys. So Again, for me, you know, <clears throat> other than the pay up to Kuzma, I think Denny Avdia, great play. You can eat, you can look at O'Brien or Kispert, uh, Seth Curry, the, the inexpensive 5-5, five, five. Bruce Brown at 4-5, James Johnson 3-6, and then Drummond just a bit higher at 6. All those guys, I think, are reasonable. Then you have Cam Thomas, the last guy I'll mention. He is 5-8, which is a little pricey. But he took a ton of shots last night. He's real off the bench. He he led the team in shot attempts, and that's pretty impressive. So if he's going to be playing with that much confidence and have a green light, he is somebody uh, also to keep an eye on. All right, <clears throat> let's move to the eight o'clock game. It's the Dallas Mavericks and New Orleans Pelicans. We have the lowest total on the board here. Uh, Dallas minus three and a half, 214 total. Uh, implied for Dallas, 108.75. For the Pels, it's 105.25. Dallas comes in 34 and 24. The Pelicans, 23 and 35. Reggie Bullock is questionable. Trey Burke, questionable. Frank Nidalekina, questionable. Three wings, guards, some point, whatever. Uh, so they may be a little thin in the guard spot, something to, to keep an eye on what that news is. Three guys out, Chris Hardaway and Pinson. For the Pelicans, just two guys out, Larry Nance, another guy that misses more games than you can shake a stick at, and our man Cheeseburgers Williamson. We hope he's back in the second half because he is fun to watch. All right, as far as uh, statistical uh, speaking here, Dallas is the slowest team in the league. They have dropped back into that 30th spot. You know, they're going to play bully ball with uh, Luka. He's going to get the ball. They're going to try to switch him on to whatever defender they want to switch him on with that high pick. And then he's basically going to go one-on-one and either shoot or pass, you know, which he's an incredible passer. Uh, and just run the show. But that takes time, and it slows down the game, and it takes away some of our DFS opportunities. Um, New Orleans is 21st in pace, so that's not a help either. Dallas is a solid fifth defensively. Pelicans uh, are 21st there as well. So, uh, you know, low pace here. That's why you got the low total. But it is Luka. Luka's been out of his stinking mind, and he's certainly one of – a strong payup option for me here. Uh, if I get that Wizards and Nets uh, value, it'll allow me to go up to that big 12-4 number. But on a five-game slate, if you know if he has one of his average games the last two weeks and puts up 70-something, 
I mean, that's where he's been. And uh, I don't know how you, you catch up to that. That could be very difficult. So really, it's probably going to come down to him or Embiid for the real big pay-up spot. Yeah, that's, again, my opinion. And there's enough value. Is there enough to get to both of them? That's going to be really tough. But it's possible. Um, you know, that's, there's, that's the nice part about this. When you can go stars and scrubs, you can take one of these pay-ups and still have a medium build. Even though it's only a five-gamer, there are a lot of different ways that you can build that lineup here. Um, as far as other players for Dallas, if Bullock is in, that makes it tougher because he and Brunson and Dinwiddie are now sharing a lot of those second duties to Luka, and uh, that makes it tough for all of them because Brunson's 6'4", Dinwiddie's 5'4", Bullock's 4'7". Um, I'm thinking Bullock might sit because then he gets the long extended uh, all-star break here to sit. So if that's the case, you can consider Brunson or Dinwiddie. Uh, their prices are decent and they'll certainly be the second and third options in this offense because really after that, there are no go-to guys. Now, Maxi Kleba is decent. He had a big game the last game, but he is notorious for having 30 four fantasy points, and then 10 fantasy points. So uh, buyer beware there. I would not fall, dive right into that. He is only 4K, uh, but I wouldn't go there. And then really the rest, Finney Smith, Powell, uh, Josh Green, Davis Bertans, who hit some threes in his first outing. All those guys are going to be minutes, uh, splitting minutes, and, and I'm not interested. So really, I'd rank them Donchins. Brunson Dinwiddie if Bullock is out. If the Pell for the Pells, it's a little bit different. You've got a couple of options here now, and it makes it tougher. The Pelicans have fallen into one of those teams where they have three guys you want to pay up for that are lower uh, of the higher price guys, but they're not they're not cheap. But the problem is they're sharing usage, <clears throat> and I'm talking about C.J. McCollum at eight five. I'm talking about Brandon Ingram at 7.5 and Joe Val at 7.4. So you don't get any of them on the cheap. Uh, it's nice to have one of them for sure, but it's not a necessity. It made It's made it really tough since CJ came there. Uh, it's really difficult. And then the, the usage for the guys we used to squeeze in there is value, like a Graham, Jones, Hayes, Alvarado. You might as well forget it. They're just getting the the scraps uh, after the three bigs uh, get it done. So in the fact that it's such a slow pace, slow total, and those three guys are big payups, um, not really crazy of going there. I will say, though, uh, of the three, if Bullock sits, I think Ingram uh, becomes a little bit better play uh, because it changes the defensive scheme and rotation for the Mavericks. Um Joe Val is my favorite, though, of the three. He would be the guy I go to. He's 7-4, which is fair. He's been higher than that. Now, yes, there's an inherent risk because he can get in foul trouble or he can have one of those dupey Joe Val games where he's just not totally connected. But if he's hitting the glass and playing hard, he's the exact kind of interior strong uh, presence that really gives the Mavs trouble. So more than likely, I will be dialing up Joe Val 
at the center spot, and hopefully he keeps that really cool hair nice and gelled and, and straightened out and so it doesn't get uh, in his way and he gets any fouls. So, uh, sorry, I, I noticed cool hair because I am a bit uh, challenged in that area. Joe Val, if I could borrow your hair for one weekend, it'd be all over, man. All right, let's go on to game four. 8.30, Philadelphia 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks. Everybody's going to be watching this game. Great matchup. Eastern Conference powerhouses. I know Crash Davis is going nuts waiting for this game tonight. He can't stand it. He's so fired up. This is a fun one. It's Milwaukee minus six and a half. Solid 224 total. 108.75 for Philly. 115.25 for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, coming into this game, both teams impressive. 34 and 23 for Philly. 36 and 23 for Milwaukee. We've got uh, Harden and Springer out for Philly. And for Milwaukee, we have Wesley Matthews probable. Who cares, really? Um, Grayson Allen, doubtful. So maybe it does make Wesley Matthews uh, caring, especially with Pat Connaughton out, George Hill out, and we know Brooke Lopez has been out. So that makes it interesting. They are a little thin at the guard spot, so I take that back, although Wesley's bad, man. He's not a good player. Um, statistically speaking, we've got Philadelphia 28th in pace. We know it's Embiid uh, ball there, and that all's going to change when Mr. Harden suits up here after the All-Star break. Milwaukee's 8th in pace, though. They will push it, so it's a nice pace-up game for the Philly players. Defensively, you have two Solid defenses, Philadelphia 10th, Milwaukee 13th. So, you know, that's not uh, wonderful news for us DFS players. But a lot of tremendous plays here. There's no question. Now, the, the thing is I would, would uh, be careful of, though, is not stacking this game because you have two strong teams here. Yes, it should stay close, and that's a good reason uh, to play it. But you're not going to get a lot of loosey-goosey points. These two teams are going to buckle down and play. And, uh, you know, even though the key players need to play a decent amount because it's going to be a close game, I think, uh, you know, you've got two very adept interior defenses here. Um, you know, when the the bigs are playing with Embiid and Harris, they're tough inside. And now you've added um, Serge Ibaka to Portis and Giannis. So there's there's some good interior defense. But the guys that are playable, I mean, a little tough with Tyree Maxey at 6'3". He's going to draw Drew Holiday defense. Drew Holiday, though, is playing solid ball at 7'6 and is an option. After that, <clears throat> you know, Tobias Harris at 7'1 is really on the cheap. And I think, you know, you're he's probably going to be the guy that suffers the most on usage when Harden comes back. You know it won't be Embiid. Those two will play a lot of two-man ball. But maybe Harris makes a bit of a statement here uh, at, you know, with that 7-1 price, but he's got that tough Giannis and company interior, so it's not a, a plug-and-play by any stretch. Joel Embiid, like I said, you know, it's between he and Luca for the pay-up spot for me. Those are the two guys I think you have to really focus around. I know Milwaukee plays good in Tier D, but it's Embiid right now if the season ended tonight. I think Embiid's your MVP. I mean, he's played that well, and it is a pace-up game for Philly, so he is certainly in play. Um, on the Milwaukee side, 
you know, does Giannis rise up? Now, I know Crash is listening and the Bucks fans saying, wait a minute, coach, hold on a second. You said the two payup guys are Embiid and Luka, but you didn't say Giannis. So what are you thinking? Well, here's, here's my theory on this. Giannis, yes, awesome. One of the best players in the league. He's on and on and on. Can't say enough about him. Not dogging him at all. But he's 12-1, so he's in that same price. You can basically throw a blanket around Luka, Embiid, and Giannis. But here are my reasons. Number one, Philly plays really slow. That's that's number one. Secondly, the addition to Ibaka is a really great addition for Milwaukee. But it, I think it takes just a little bit away from Giannis. As more so than even Portis, because Abaka is one of those guys that when he's in the paint and the rebounds coming up, he's going to go after it. So even though he's playing just decent amount of minutes, which he's playing good minutes, I just think that knocks maybe five points off of Giannis's total. Still can break the slate, et cetera, et cetera. But that you know this the slowdown pace and just some of that depth now that Milwaukee's put together makes me rank Giannis below Embiid and Luka on this slate. Not all the time, just depending on the matchup. I think Embiid's in a better spot and Luka's in a better spot. So that's my thinking there, but certainly would never say to anybody, don't play Giannis because he is amazing. Um, other than that, the guys, you know, Chris Middleton at 7-8 is always capable of having a big game. Certainly hasn't been playing consistently to the level that we know he can play, uh, but you know we'll see. He may grab Matisse Thybul defense, which is no piece of cake for anybody. So a little worried there. Bobby Portis at six seven. You know, again, I think he's pretty solid at that price. You know, I mean, you get him almost at half price of Giannis. He's still playing good minutes with Ibaka because Ibaka's backing up both of them. And again, you know, he's wanting to protect his turf. He had to come off the bench for a couple of years in this league with Chicago and Milwaukee, you know, since he's been starting, the Bucs have played great. I don't think he wants to even think for a second that Ibaka could bump him out of that spot. So sort of like a, a motivated Bobby Portis with those crazy eyes and getting after it. So I think he's a decent play. If Wes Matthews doesn't play and Jordan Award slides back into the starting lineup, if that's the case at three, three, you can't go wrong. Cause you know, He's going to get some shots up, and he's somebody to at least consider. All right, we have a two-hour break to the last game on the slate, and it's not exactly a fantastic game for basketball, but it is a fantastic game for DFS. It's our number one highest total on the board. But before we get to that, just for one second here, if you're watching on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a quick comment in there. And while you're at it, hit that little bell button in the upper corner. That will alert you every time one of our Coach Talk podcasts posts. We bring these to you in front of the paywall seven days a week. We really do appreciate uh, you helping us move up the algorithm on YouTube by hitting that thumbs up, that subscribe, hitting the alert button, give us, giving us a quick, quick comment there uh, as well. If you're listening audio-wise, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts can be heard, a quick five stars and comment will qualify you for our drawing that we have at the end of every month 
that gives you a full access free week of Coach Talk. And remember here at Coach Talk, you know, we feel we bring a different product, a different niche to the industry. We are all about getting with our members. I meet one-on-one with every one of them, talk strategy. You know, we talk bankroll management, contest selection, strategy for building lineups. You know, what do you, how do you weigh in, optimizer, uh, usage, uh, all projections. All of that comes into play for us. But the biggest picture is, you know, how do we compete in this against the Sharks, against the 150 max entries? We try to build a couple, two, three lineups every day. And that's about, that's about what we do. Because we feel that watching the game, seeing the game, seeing the reactions and who's playing, who's out, what what each coach is leaning to do, all the pieces that come together uh, that build those lineups give us an edge and it helps us to compete. Uh, and let's face it, there's not a lot of people that can spend, you know, 10 grand a night and, and max enter every contest. Uh, you know, I think the, the average player does what we do here at Coach Talk. They're going to get as much information they can. We're going to provide you a, a coach's clipboard, which gives you a DraftKings Core 5 and a, a several other players that you can choose from. We are giving you a full lineup on FanDuel, both cash and GPP, and the same thing on Yahoo. And on top of that, now we've added prize picks. Uh, Josh and I are both doing prize picks, picks of the day. So we want to be a one-stop shop for you. And we want you to have a real strategy behind turning it around uh, DFS-wise. Uh, so we've got a fantastic offer right now. If you want to join here during the All-Star break and say, you know what, I'm tired of making deposits, deposits and reloading. I want to go a different direction with my DFS play in the NBA. We've got a Luca special, 77 bucks. That's his number. And it takes you all the way through until April, April 1st. So Dive in with us. You can go to dfscoachtalk.com to sign up. Okay, last game. It is, like I said, a 10.30 game, so it's a late-nighter. It is Clippers by 11.5 at home against the Houston Rockets. 229 total, 109 implied for Houston, 120 for the Clippers, the biggest on the board. Houston limps in 15-42. and The Clippers are 29 and 31. Important news for Houston here on two fronts. Massive news, in fact. Kevin Porter and Christian Wood are both questionable. My theory is they both sit. So right now in my early builds, I have them both out, but they are just listed as questionable. So that's something we have to be able to react to. If you're going to do late swap, we're certainly not going to have that news, almost definitely. Uh, until way after lock. So this is the only late game. So make sure if you are going to set one of these guys in there or out of there that you want to swap, you know, put them in the most, you know, advantageous spot that you can swap them and have a plan. Don't just say, oh, now I got to replace wood. And then you have to go down to like a Zubots or something. That's just not going to cut it. So make sure you get that, uh, you know, under wraps. We'll be doing that for you for our members in Discord and be following that throughout the night. Uh, so those two pieces of news are huge. Garuba and Wall out. There's my lost four seconds every day, Garuba and Wall. The Clippers, we have four guys out. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Did you know they were out? And then 
uh, the big one's Norman Powell because he's new to the squad and now he's out with a broken foot. Terrible. Preston also out. So uh, statistic, statistically speaking, Houston, number one in pace, last in defense. Thank you, Houston Rockets, for being the, the, the darling of DFS. So every game that the Houston plays, basically, uh, you got to love it because it is they're the fastest pace and they don't play defense. It is the second night of a back-to-back for them, though, so it is something to keep an eye on there. Island game for the Clippers. Uh, Clippers are 14th in pace, so no problem there. Clippers are eighth defensively. So for the Clippers, this is beautiful. Best pace up you can get, worst defense you can get. And it brings all these guys in play, in my opinion. Reggie Jackson at 6'8", Terrence Mann at 5'1", Marcus Morris at 6'2", Nicholas Batum at 4'2". And after that, I'm not sure. I don't feel as comfortable with Zubats, Coffey, Kennard, Covington, Hartenstein. I think that first group are your best options and their prices are fantastic. So, uh, you know, definitely have some interest there. Maybe a couple of guys, a Morris, a Jackson, I'd feel really good about uh, definitely hit, hitting that side of it. On the Houston side, it all has to do with the news. Uh, as of right now, I'm like I said, I'm counting Wood out, but that's a questionable tag. And Jen Goon's probably the plug-and-play uh, lock washer of the day. Uh, he's only 4-5, and... You know, if he plays, starts at center, he smashed the slate last night again. We had him, and he's just so good, man. I mean, he needs to play. I don't know why they don't just play Wood and Jengun next to each other every game. But if Wood's out, Jengun's in, he's going to be like a million percent owned. But I think you got to take the free square here at that price. Um, other than that, you know, with Porter out, it does give some interest. Uh, to a uh, Jalen Green at 4-7, who's improving. Eric Gordon had one of his nights last night. You, good luck figuring that dude out, man. And last year, he was my guy. I could hit when he when he played well. I could hit it. This year, I can't. I, he's so hard to figure. He's only 3-8, but there are some games he does almost nothing. And then last night, he chucks up 21 shots and has a really good game. So, I mean, you can go back to him. Uh, there's some definite risk there but he is a, a possibility. The guy that's the, the real wild card here that I like, and I'm hoping Porter's out because I want to play him, is Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is a guy to put a big circle around, not just for this game, but for the second half. He's a guy that passed up a big contract to stay with the Lakers. I think it was like $74 million or something ridiculous. He wanted to gamble on himself and go play a year uh, and then become a free agent. That hasn't worked out that well because he got traded now. He's at Houston. And now it's, you know, is he going to get noticed? Is he going to get that look in the offseason? The only way that's going to happen is if he has a heck of a second half. So I think he is going to get good minutes for them. He is a really good scorer. And he is going to be playing his butt off and chucking shots all over the place because he's playing for a contract. So you will see Dennis Schroeder in a lot of my lineups for Houston in the second half. And I'm hoping he gets those, you know, at least 28 uh, plus minutes every night because he will get to his number. Trust me. Uh, he's a bit motivated. So other than that, though, you know, good game, good game to finish with. I'll certainly have some exposure here. 
uh, I think it uh, could make a big difference to have a, a few live guys in that last game that really have some good potential. All right, my friends, that is it. I can't believe the first half of the NBA is over. I am just shocked. It has been so wild. Last night, we had to change our lineups three times. First time that's ever happened to us, uh, Coach Talk, where we had to go the third uh, lineup before lock. But it paid off. We had some winners. And that's the NBA right now, you know, with all the movement going on and uh, all the changes. And it's, it's, uh, it's fun, though, if you follow it and you stay on it, it gives you a giant edge, and we know we like that. When it's too simple, uh, it, it makes it too easy for everybody else to play. So come join us, dfscoachtalk.com. We'd love to have you. And, uh, again, I'll be back on Saturday uh, for the preview and the, the lineups and plays for that NBA All-Star Showdown slate. All right, have a great, great Thursday, and uh, let's just absolutely crush it tonight in NBA DFS.